0: feel like maybe some of what I've already said and probably some of what I will say Wednesday night. Again, when we come to church and sometimes we don't feel feel the kickback, we feel the battle. That's when we need to buckle down and fight. I like it when everything just feels so good. We say God shows up and does some great things. Sometimes the devil shows up and sometimes there might be just one. Per- You're worried about Oh, I want to go home feeling just the fire and the power. There might be just one person that's right there on the edge. That needs God. And it's not about your feelings, it's about that one soul that without a miracle, praise God, they'll be lost. Right. They'll make horrible decisions. And that's when I have to come to church and you have to come to church and say, "Lord, I don't know what's going on. I know I'm right. I know I'm living for you, but God, there's I need to I need to pray and I need to intercede for somebody." Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Matthew, the eighth chapter. Again, Lord, we love you. Thank you for your presence here. I'm praying, Lord, for for your people, Lord, to just allow you to work in them and through them, God, and that you would work in in somebody's life today, God. We love you so very much. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I've been in services where it was somebody's last service. Amen. It was somebody's last message they were ever going to hear. Amen. And we just never know what's what's going on in church, and we just need to be faithful. Praise God. Matthew 8, verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, this is Jesus, after he gets done teaching what we call the Sermon on the Mount, great multitudes followed him. We're going to say something about that later, but they're following him. Amen. Behold, there came a leper. And worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, or if it's your will, thou canst make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand, touched him. Wow. Amen. Touched the leper, saying, I will. will. He didn't have to think about it. I don't know what your will is, God, but if it's your will, you can make me clean. He said, I will. Be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Leprosy was a horrible disease. In so many different ways, and God kind of seems like there's a there's a lot in the Old Testament and, and these episodes that we recognize about leprosy. What is it about leprosy? You know, a lot of our Old Testament. Talking to Brother Chris a lot here lately about those shadows and types of uh, of seeing Jesus and seeing the uh, the the salvation of God and in in all the the chapters and verses of the law and of the Old Testament. Amen. We see Jesus. We see a law that could not save, a law that could not cleanse us, but it points to that lamb. Amen. It points to that power. Every time we see a lamb slain, we say, that's my Jesus. He's the lamb of God. Amen. Every time we see the cloud of the glory of God fill the temple or lead them through the wilderness, that's the spirit of God. Hallelujah. That leads our lives, fills our temples. But there are also some other shadows, some other types, if you will. Uh, of of the other side of the equation the need the need for cleansing the need for for a healer the need for a savior yeah. and leprosy it was such a horrible disease to to contract but I believe God uses it in a natural physical uh, symptoms to see what Sin is to the soul and to the life of someone. Amen. Leprosy. This leper was a man who was broken, physically broken. The the numbness of this disease that caused the deadness in your nervous system would cause something that sounds so innocent. Wouldn't it be so wonderful to feel like you know you could just walk down and around and finally every time you bang your elbow or bang your knee or bang your toe, it didn't hurt and you, "Oh, what a great blessing that would be. Wait a minute, God's put those pain receptors there for a reason That's right. yeah. because a leper in his brokenness and in his sickness, was numb right. to these feelings. And it was very easy to contract like many today, maybe with neuropathy because of diabetes. They have a lack of sense in their their nervous system. And they can carry an infection maybe in their feet because something that happened that they didn't even notice. Amen. So many times there's great infections and great problems that physically cause brokenness. An infection. Praise God. God said in his word that a leper was to be separate, to be put out from their family, to put out from their friends. If anybody come near, they cry unclean, unclean. So a leper was broken, hurting, and lonely, very much alone, without hope separated from the presence of God. A leper couldn't enter in to the tabernacle or to the temple and worship like everybody else. They were separated. They couldn't feel God like they wanted to. They couldn't worship God like there was a desire in their heart. And so much of this we can see that though the law, the Old Testament, trying to keep the commandments, like a lot of people think that's how you're saved, keep the commandments, all it could do for the leper was say, you stay out of here. It couldn't heal them. It couldn't bring them. If they tried to keep every commandment, they could not still come into the tabernacle or to the temple with the presence of God. But Jesus, amen, Jesus came and fulfilled all the law. And in him, we have cleansing. In him, we have healing. In him, we have forgiveness of sins. In him, we have wholeness. Amen. Jesus was able to do what Moses couldn't, what the law couldn't, what the commandments couldn't. Jesus reached out and touched that leper and said, I will be thou clean. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so much of what we are as a church, I've heard people say, we've said it many times. I remember uh, teaching one time and saying, hey, listen, everybody, this is a hospital for souls. This is a place where people who are broken and hurting, where they've lost their sense of God and His will and His direction, this is where they come. To get restored and get whole. Amen. This is where they come for forgiveness. I remember after teaching about the church being a hospital for souls that someone came to me and said, uh, uh pastor, I'm telling you, uh, churches are hospitals for souls, but this is the Johns Hopkins University for souls. <laughs> Amen. We, we, and, and I believe, I really believe very much so with the sincerity and the prayer and the love that God has and, and, exhibited through people that are real, can I tell you that God wants to to deal with some very intense circumstances through us if we'll let Him. But people in this community, people around us, people in in this nation and in this world that we know that sin, but listen, they're broken. They've been hurt and they feel the numbness of their situation, don't know how to feel, don't know... Where to go? Feel hopeless and helpless and alone. How many people I've talked to even recently that have told me, you know, it just seems like I've lost my friends that I thought were my friends. The people that I've shown nothing but love to, they 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 put me down and they mock me and they're it's so it's it's I'm so alone in this. Amen. But Jesus is the answer. Hey listen, we can have all kind of spiritual, uh, gifts and a moving, but the Bible talks about in the book of John how the Spirit of God will testify about Jesus, will lead us to Jesus. Amen. It doesn't lead us to personalities and preachers and, and, and people who think so much of themselves, but if God's really moving, it's always going to point to Jesus. So don't you ever, ever, ever think we're going to come here and not lift him up because if he's lifted up, all men will be drawn unto him. And it's about him. It's about how awesome he is. It's about how loving he is. It's about how merciful he is. And it's about what he likes and he loves and he hates. And it's not what we like. Amen. Jesus is able to. To take the one who is so lost, so empty, so helpless, so hopeless. Amen. Hallelujah. And change lives. Give us life. Give us healing. Give us wholeness. I love, I'm not going to turn to it in the book of Luke, but it talks about the lepers that came to Jesus that day. Anybody remember the story? Those 10 lepers and Jesus cleanses those lepers through his word. And he tells them now, fulfill that commandment we're not uh we're not done quite yet with uh, that old testament we don't want you to get in trouble with the priests over there they're pretty picky now you know with their self-righteousness but you go and show them what can be done that you were cleansed so that you can go home and be with your families now but one of them on their way recognized that he had been healed and he said i can't go through that until i go back and say thank you I've got to go back. Thank God for people that can show gratitude, that are thankful. We're living in a day when the Bible says these last days people are unthankful and unholy. Amen. But this man stops and he says, you know what? I've got to go back and say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Amen. Thank you for cleansing me. He goes back. Jesus says, weren't there nine others also? Well, you know what? Uh, praise God. God bless you. And the Bible says in that hour he was made whole. That's going to play an important part in what we want to talk about this morning a little bit, because there's a lot of folks that come to God and, and they like the feeling and God, God, God works in their life a little bit and starts doing a work. But God, God desires to bring a wholeness in your life. God desires to put you together. Your brokenness, your problems that you've been through in your life, the hurt that you've been through, hurt maybe in situations and tragedies, hurt maybe in, in, in family that has done you wrong, or, or maybe even churches and people that should know better, Christians that have hurt you, and people come to church broken and unwell, unhealthy in their heart and in their spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me, let me turn to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Just turn over to the ninth chapter here. Verse 10. Came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the, in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. That uh, was why right there I want to just point out what I read to you in Matthew 8 where they followed him. Right. Now Jesus is in the house and all these sinners and tax collectors and folks with some, well, they've got a reputation and it's not a good one and they're gathering around to hear Jesus. Amen. I've heard preachers tell it this way many times over the years that I've been a Christian for many years that they've said, well, you know, if you knew Jesus, he wouldn't be there in your church right now. He'd be out there in the bar somewhere doing the work of God or he'd be out there where the prostitutes are. And, you know, if there's a preacher and he's hanging around, help us, Lord. I'll tell you what the Bible says. Not one place does it say he was in the dens of sin. And and, and no, it says they, he had something that got their attention. And they were maybe as uncomfortable as it was willing to say, hey, you know what? I'd rather go hear Jesus today than go get drunk. I'd rather go see what Jesus is doing than go there and lay around and, and get in trouble. Amen. That's what you'll see constantly. God had a way. The Lord had a way about making people just feel Comfortable, even though they were uncomfortable with their sin. All right. Enough to say, you know what? I want to hear more. I'm going to listen more. Amen. Yes. Amen. Praise God. He loved people. He cared about people. He loved broken people. He loved hurting people. He even told them, blessed are you when you mourn. I don't feel blessed. Yeah, but you know what? I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to comfort you. Amen. Well, there's always the Pharisees coming around. What a what a what a waste of time. Yeah, the Pharisees showed up just so they could critique and right. leave their bad reviews, right. their comments. Pharisees saw it, they said to the disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? They were sitting back and wondering why he wasn't going, Ooh, look at them. <laughs> you know. I didn't say it out loud. Yeah, yeah, you did. All right. Your face tells on you too. Right. Oh, I don't approve of that. Yeah, you know what? Grow up. Right. Yeah. You cannot approve of something and still be gracious oh, yeah. Yeah. like God was to you. Yeah. First time you showed up in church. Right. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Pharisees saw it said unto the disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? Listen to this. This is... A lot more going on here than a lot of folks look, see, at first glance. When Jesus heard that, he said, And they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go and learn what that meaneth. if I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So there's really two categories here. If you just look on the surface, you'll see those that are whole. And those that are sick, amen? Amen. Those that are whole, they don't need a doctor. But those that are sick need a doctor. Later on, he says, I've not come to call the righteous, the whole, that don't need a doctor. But I'm here to help the sinners get repentance. Those ones that are soul sick, Amen." amen? But you know what he's really telling these hypocrites? Because let me ask you a question. When Jesus came to that town. What percentage of the people were righteous? What percentage of humanity is whole without a savior? Um, Let's take a roundabout guess. Zero percent. What he is saying is you think you're whole, you self-righteous hypocrite. You don't think you need an altar in your life. You don't think you need help. You, You think you've got it handled. You justify yourself before men, he said. He said, I didn't come for you. If you think you're whole, if you don't think you know, well, then you know what? I'm just here for those sinners that just know they need some help. He couldn't do anything for the self-righteous. He can't do anything for somebody who knows it all and, and, and is trying to look around and say, well, I'm better than that one and I know more than that one and I don't need this and that was good for them. Well, I'm not calling the righteous. I almost feel like if it was in a modern vernacular, there'd be quotes around that righteous word. I'm not here, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe in another version he's saying, uh, I didn't call the righteous. Maybe there's a little footnote down the bottom of that page, air quotes here. Right. Yeah. Because who's righteous? There's none. Not one, the Bible says. Yeah. Amen. You read in the book of Psalms, and, and I believe Paul quotes it there in the book of Romans. There's none that seek it after God. There's none. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But what I'm trying to say is, what happens is, we come to God and we get a little touch and God starts to move. Hey, let Him keep moving. Let him keep working, Amen. If you come to church and you recognize I I need help, my life is a train wreck. God, I don't understand why this has happened to me. I don't know. I I don't know why this is this is going on, and, and I'm I'm hurting, and I'm I, I have questions, and I don't understand. God can help you and touch you and save you. Yeah. He can turn your life around. He will. Yeah. That's his desire. He said, "I will." i 'll take that life that, that is just so so broken so alone, and i 'll bring you into my family i 'll call you my son or my daughter, and i 'll heal you and i 'll make you whole. Most of the problems we 've ever had, most problems you 've ever had in church is that people come and they give God 50, 70, 85% or more. But you know, when you come to God and you, you need wholeness. Yeah. God can help you with your fears. Yeah. Amen. You don't need to carry them around with you. Your insecurities, your constant worries of whether people like you or not, or whether you're doing it right or. Your paranoia, your depression. Some people, they come to God, they they pray at an altar and say, I'm giving you all. And but they don't really let go. And they say I buried it, but they hold on to some things. Sometimes maybe they mean business, they mean well, but there's a process that happens. There's a process of look what it says in First Corinthians Six. I want you. To, I want you to ask God to talk to you now. I want you to ask God to to deal with your heart, because I'm talking to to Christians right now for a little while. First Corinthians, do you recognize that that is written to a church? Yes, sir. I know a lot of folks. They get this. I don't need a church. Well, I mean, all this, all these letters are to churches. Yes, sir. Right. First Corinthians is a church in Corinth. Right. Right. So he's talking to Professing Christians, talking to a church, and says, Know ye not, verse 9, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? There's a lot of false doctrine being preached in pulpits today that act like just because you said a prayer to God and accepted Him, that now your unrighteousness, God doesn't see it anymore. Unrighteousness is unrighteousness, is unrighteousness whether it's in the world, whether it's in the church. Amen. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, praise God, we've got no business pointing to this community, pointing to Hollywood. Praise God, pointing to the music industry, pointing to Congress. Amen. Well, praise God, on and on and on. If we don't first say, God, get the beam out of my eye. I can't allow sin in me. Oh, but God loves me. Of course he loves you. That's not a question. But he loved the whole world. Yeah. But it, the way is narrow. Yeah. Know ye not. I want to tell you something that a lot of folks skip over. It's a missing link, if you will, in people's growth in God. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, everybody sins every day. That, on, that is the wrong attitude to have Amen. for a Christian. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. That that crosses just every every part of illicit behavior to the unmarried, to the married, to the confused folks that think that you can be gender fluid Amen. I'm going to tell you this again. Just like I said earlier, I don't think this should offend anybody at all. And if it does, well, that's just this is the word of God. Amen. The same way I say we have no right to point our finger at Hollywood or or the music industry before we start dealing with ourselves. You know, if you're living in a they that are without sin, cast the first stone. Amen. Can I tell you, we have no business pointing at folks talking about marriage and and and, uh, uh, intersex marriage, homosexual marriage, whatever you want to call that sodomy and not take it seriously in our lives too. adultery and fornication. It's still sin. Amen. We can't just say, oh, look at them. I'm telling you folks that in the beginning of this battle that we're facing and we're still praying about that are saying, oh, we're against that. We're for the sanctity of marriage. Talking about from a pulpit, second, third, fourth marriage and say, wait a minute. Where was sanctity of marriage when you made your vows? Amen. Well, help us, Jesus. A lot of preachers need to hear that. Yeah. Right. But we need to look at ourselves. It's not righteous. Right. Amen. Thieves covetous well praise god drunkards revilers extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of god now here's what i'm getting at that was the bad news first amen if you really get the bad news the good news is so much better amen When we realize what Paul talked about, the exceeding sinfulness of sin, then grace just abounds more abundantly. Amen. When you realize how messed up your life was, what a leper spiritually you were. And such were some of you. But you're washed. Get this part. We're going to come back to it. But you're sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. I'm not going to take a lot of time, but I give you for extra credit homework. If you want to look up sanctify, sanctified, sanctification, it's a missing link in the growth of many that call themselves Christians. Sadly, I have to say call themselves, because if you put your faith in Jesus, God's going to save you. You turn to him in faith, turn away from sin and repentance, get that old life buried in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. Amen. That name. That name that is above all names. You get filled with the Holy Ghost. You begin a process called sanctification. I know a lot of folks. They're comfortable in church. Comfortable talking about God. Talking about faith. Talking about his finished work of grace on Calvary. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Amen. But if God's really touched your life and he's really changed your life now he's going to do something. He's going to sanctify you. He's going to start making you less like you were and more like him day by day. He's going to, sanctification really just means he's cleaning you up. Amen. You ought to be talking cleaner than you used to. And it ought to keep getting cleaner. You ought to be thinking cleaner. Amen. You ought to be acting cleaner. You ought to be looking like a child of God. Amen. You, there ought to be things in your life that are associated with sin that ought to you ought to be comfortable with it anymore. There's too many in church that are comfortable with little pet sins. And they're allowing these things in their lives. And God's saying, come on, you, you, you can't shut God up and get away with it for too long. When the Spirit of God is saying, come on. It's not holy. Right. I'm holy, be ye holy, sin. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, sir. Amen. That's Peter wrote that in one of his epistles by the Holy Ghost, and in the book of Hebrews it talks about without holiness no man's going to see the Lord. That's a sanctification process. Yeah. There ought to be a sensitivity in you. Right. If Somebody here, you're not you're not perfect, you're not everything you want to be, but that sensitivity is there, and you're saying, God, take that out of me. Take that out of my heart. But I'm telling you, there's too many folks that don't recognize that you need to be made whole, you need to be made holy that sanctification will work in you. And not only listen now, not only will it clean you up and take away old sins and old habits and old crutches, but it will start working in you. Some of that stuff I was talking about earlier, taking away some of those insecurities and fears and that paranoia and suspicion all the time and wonder what's really going on and things that drive you crazy because it's not healthy. It's symptoms of that leprosy. Amen. Some of those things where where you constantly just just angry or upset or constantly you can never get victory over anger, can never get victory over because just complaining and finding fault, picking things apart. That's the symptom of that old leprosy. Just God wants to make you whole. Some of that, some of that, just uh, uh, again, this the, the loneliness, the feelings of, of depression. I'll tell you what, thank God, when God makes you whole, you can just be excited about being a friend with Jesus. Amen. When you're persecuted for righteousness' sake, you just leap for joy. You're thankful for the things of God. You can be whole in God. We preach this, I didn't expect to throw this in here, but we preach this to single folks all the time. Hey, you're just you know, if you've got those symptoms of leprosy and you're not whole now and you think that a, a husband or a wife is gonna change things, ho ho, ho. Ooh, dumb dum 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 dumb. You need to be whole. Yeah. Because if you're looking for something that only Jesus can do in you and you try to get that from somebody else, you're going to be so obnoxious to them and they're going to resent you for trying to get that out of them when you should be getting that from God. If you're not whole and you're unhealthy and you bring another unhealthy person in, in together with that, that's compounded. That's not one plus one equals two. That's that's your problem squared. You're... He, God brings wholeness. Yeah. Amen. He brings joy, Amen. peace, Amen. love, right. patience, yep. self-control. Yeah. He brings, makes you whole. He makes you what you ought to be. Amen. Christians, I'm asking you to search your heart. All right. Like I said, I've seen some of the most amazing people with so much potential, so much, I would even say even more than potential, even doing things for God, but they still got these little fears, insecurities, angers, depressions, and it's under there. And God's in the presence of God. He can make you whole. He can take that out of you. He can put something in you that's real. It's there in the morning. It's there in the evening. It's there if you get up late at night. Amen. God puts something in you through his spirit. You say, brother, wait a minute. I mean, it sounds like you're trying to trying to say i should be pr-. no you're heading in that god's working on you that sanctification process yeah. old sins old habits old routines old right. just just all those things that god's gonna help you be clean Amen. he'll he'll prick your heart and make convict you and you don't say ah you know that's no big deal everybody that's not a big no let god tell you what's a big deal Amen. the bible talks about your conscience being seared as with a hot iron that you can't, you're past feeling. Right. Remember what the, one of the symptoms? Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Of, of leprosy is? Past feeling? Yes. When the Spirit of God is trying to say, hey, that's not, that's not best. I, I, you can do better. Amen. Oh, right. That's not, that's not great. I, you can do greater. Amen. I can help you heal that. And you just start pushing that aside and pushing that aside after a while. You're bumping yourself around. You don't even know it because you're, you're not being sanctified. Many overlook this process of sanctification, thinking their faith is all there is. I just trust God. I believe God. If you do, then God's going to work in you to make you uncomfortable around sin, make you feel sensitive where once you were desensitized. Amen. And make you whole. Acts, the 18th chapter is such a neat Testimony, if you will, need account of a man who God used mightily. You'll see him; his name come up in some of Paul's writings um, when they first met Apollos, and you'll see this several times. Apollos is one of our favorites. Acts eighteen verse twenty-four: Certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. That sounds great, yeah. right? I'm not setting you up. It does sound great. So I know if, I, if you say it sounds great, I know what you're going to do. It does sound great. These are great credentials, mighty in the Scriptures, and he was able to, to, to speak well. Amen. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. Here you go again. He, he was instructed in the way of the Lord, and he had a fiery uh, way of delivering things that got your attention. Hallelujah. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. There's there's so many great qualifications, qualities about this man, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Not only do I want God... To get me farther and farther away. I'm not there yet. Just farther away. I'm in a process of sanctification like you. I don't want to say, well, nobody's perfect. I want, I want God to help me do better. But I also want to get closer. I don't want to think I know it all. I want to still be able to be taught. This eloquent man, this fervent man, this man instructed the way of the Lord. This man who was mighty in the scriptures was still able to be taught some things, was still able to hear, hey, you know what? There's there's more to that. There's more to that. He was able to be humble enough to say, really, I'd like to hear more about that. I'd like to learn. Not only do I want to be able to be convicted and cleansed, I want to learn and I want to grow. We we come to God sometimes with a lot, a lot of knowledge and a lot of good testimonies of what God's done for us, but don't ever stop saying, God, lead me in all truth. Help me to see if there's something, maybe I could, I could do more. I could do better. I could understand in a better way. I want to keep on learning. In closing, Matthew 18, Matthew 18. Hallelujah. I told you services like this. Sometimes I've really been praying, God, help us to be sensitive to your spirit. Are there things in me that are, Less like Jesus and more like that. That old leper <laughs> that I used to be. Matthew 18, 1. Same time came the disciples unto Jesus. saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child unto him and said, set him in the midst of them. Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become like as little children, ye shall not. Enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same. He is the greatest of the kingdom of heaven. And whoso so shall receive one such little child of my name receiveth me. And he goes on and talks about that awful millstone, if you would offend such a one. But he brings that child and says, can you humble yourself so that you can be converted? Do you know what that means? Lord, change me. Change me. I don't know it all. I don't know it all i 'm not trying to take anything away from you that that you 've learned and you 've grown you 've come a long way and you know some things and god 's put some things in you and you have some strength but don 't ever get to a place where I know it all where god can 't just prick your heart and say that 's not that 's not the way I want you to be i want i 've got better for you or talk to your heart and say there 's more to learn there 's more to grow i want to I want to know him sometimes like I said earlier we We struggle with things through our lives that God in his presence, real prayer, real digging into the word of God, where the spirit of God can speak to us and allowing God to work, yielding ourselves to him. He'll start changing things. You say, Ah, you know, everybody's got to live with it. You got to. That's the way I am. I got a little bit of a temper. God can help you. Oh, sometimes, you know, I I, I might, uh, uh, some things might slip out of me. God can take it out of you so it doesn't, amen. Sometimes I just lose control. God can give you self-control, but you let him help you. I'm not trying to condemn anybody who's struggling with anything, but I'm telling you, God is able to help you grow stronger, cleaner, and grow in the knowledge of who he is and how he works in your life. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please, right here? God wants to make you whole. I feel like there's somebody here today, you know you've struggled with some things way too long. You're carrying some things. I'm not here to condemn you or tell you you're a bad person at all. I'm telling you sanctification means there's a process that God can begin to cleanse your life and help you be better. How many years have you been living for God? That's irrelevant. I want to keep growing, keep learning. Sanctified. Cleansed. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. I ask you at the beginning of this message to be just praying, God, talk to me. Here I am, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's hard sometimes to just give 100% to yield yourself fully to God, I guess. But when I realized how good God was and how He cared for me and how many mistakes I've made in my life and caused myself hurt, caused myself pain, I realized my will. I don't want my will. I want God's will. I don't want what I think is best because I'm so short-sighted. I want what God knows is best. I need to let go of some things that are holding me back, keeping me from being whole. Be able, just Lord, you lead me, you teach me, you show me your way. Come on, let's find a place to talk to God. I'm not going to just wait any longer. Reach out to Him. Lord. I need your help. Just reach out to Him right now. I need your help, Lord. I surrender to You. It's so serious. God will help you. Don't harden your heart. Don't sear your conscience. Let the Spirit of God lead you. Let God help you. Oh yes Lord. Sometimes I've seen people in church most of their lives and still don't want to humble themselves and say, God, I I could use this. I need this. Please don't don't be like the Pharisees that said, Jesus, who do you think you are? I'm so much better than this tax collector. I'm so much better than this harlot, this sinner. No, no, no. Don't be like that. Just let God have full control. Let God have full control. I feel like God's really reaching for somebody today. I know at the beginning of this service there was a resistance. There was a, a spiritual battle going on. And I thank you who are praying. Thank you that are sensitive to that, helping us. Oh, people. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Lord, cleanse us. Cleanse our hearts. Cleanse our lives. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. that's pulling you down and fill you with His power that you'll bear fruit of the Spirit. Fears and insecurities, tempers, depression, that can be a thing of the past. Every Every hint and every shade of sin that tries to enter in. Lord, help me. Help me to be an overcomer. God's helping us today. I thank God for sensitive people. So opposite of that numbness of leprosy, but you're sensitive to God. If you slip, you're right on that. God, help me. God, help me do better. Lord, hallelujah. Take that out of me. Let God speak to you. Let God help you overcome. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Father, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for your presence here, God. Thank you for your help. Thank you for brothers and sisters that love you. Love your purity. Love, Lord, your truth. Now I ask you, please, to just guide us with your word. Help us to be doers of your word. Help us to be sensitive to the direction of your spirit, God. Sanctify us. Make us holy, God. We love you. We thank you, Lord, and pray you protect us as we travel. Lord, keep us in health and in safety, God. And we just love you. Bless the service tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. God bless you.